Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. Well, today I'm sitting with my friend, Molly Favero. Molly is actually my personal trainer, and I go to the garage at her house about two to three times a week to lift weights and to do CrossFit-style training. If you followed me on social media or my writing for very long, you've definitely heard about Molly and how she trains me and a handful of women from the teen years through their 60s in what we call the cozy garage. I love the women there and the environment of mutual support and admiration that Molly has built in her garage. The whole thing is a lifeline for me. Welcome to All Things, Molly. Hi, glad to be here. Well, let's kick things off by just giving you a chance to tell your story. Can you tell the All Things listeners more about who you are, your fitness journey, your own training, and how you got into wanting to train women? Well, it all kind of um, went kind of organically. I was teaching school as a kindergarten teacher, and also I had met my husband who's a fireman, and he was into CrossFit. So I got into CrossFit with him, and is part of his PT for getting hired with South Metro, and I just loved it. And so, I, kind of out of my own passion for being fit, I started hosting classes for teachers after school, and they would start coming to train, and then we started doing it together there in the garage, and it became more about me as a coach and less as me as an athlete. I've always been an athlete. I started playing basketball when I was younger. Um, and then when I found CrossFit, it was like, the best place to compete as an adult Hmm. and so it really met a need for me there and if you've ever been to a CrossFit gym and you've heard CrossFit I'm sure you have some sort of crazy mental image about (laughs) what a CrossFitter looks like and the things that we do and the truth is is it was born out of a place where all people can use it and that's where I want to keep it is it, it should fit teenagers which your daughters have come, all the way up to the six-year-old ladies that I train now that are some of the most beast women that I've ever worked out with. Yes, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Whenever I tell people that I do CrossFit, I'm always like, let me give a caveat to that. It's not like meathead CrossFit. Like, Mm, don't picture me in there. No, we're not trying to compete for the games and lift thousands of pounds. Right. Like, I'm in there with women of all ages and abilities. So it's a different kind of gym scenario. Oh, it is. And it's... It's great because we have such different levels of athletes there. And I think that's a huge part of being part of a CrossFit community is mm. young, older, different goals. You know, I train mainly women and our classes are mainly women. And I, I feel really blessed to bring weights and, and muscle building to women in our gym. And it's been just kind of my life goal well did you lift more weights what yeah. was your weight you were using today Can yeah you lift more and in like of course in a safe manner but just uh I think as women we underestimate our strength and our ability and it's a great place for women to feel proud of themselves yeah I well I can testify that you don't let us be lazy no. <laughs> I often hand Jen the weight she's going to use because I know she's going to pick different ones <laughs> <laughs> that is so true you do not let us sit around in there it is hard work it is um yeah so I've been coming to your cozy garage as we call it for the last five years I'm just going to tell our listeners really quick how we met okay. um when we came back to the United States after being on the mission field we moved into this new neighborhood out 
out in Colorado and I was looking for friends. And not long after we moved in, Molly, your family, moved in down the street. And so I and my daughters walked, were walking up and down the street, handing out invitations to a block party. We wanted to have a block party in front of our house. We live right in the middle, so it was perfect, so that we could get to know everybody. So we just literally rang the doorbell and there you were. You were inside with, I think, your mother-in-law and your daughter, who was a toddler, and you were pregnant. Yes, I was pregnant with Knox at the time. With your son, mm -hmm. yeah. And I was just like, hey. <laughs> and you busted right in. You came right in. Right. Hey, hey, this is my house. I have the same model. It yeah. the other way. It's right. <laughs> and I just was like, come to the party. And you guys came and you told me what you did. And I was like, that is awesome. I need you in my life because I am lazy and I need accountability. <laughs> and I don't like to move my body unless somebody tells me what to do and how to do it and how hard to do it. So um, it was great to have you on my street and be able to just start hanging out with you multiple times a week and working together. I know so. that you couldn't get out of it because when you only live, live like four houses down, Yes, I'm like, she's home. Yeah, there's no way to get there's out no there. Way. You can't come up with any good excuses no, no. when you're neighbors. <laughs> Especially if you jog by. That's right. We see you on your porch. Right. Come on. And now we go to church together, so I can't really lie to you <laughs> no. because we're sisters in our church as well. Okay, well, I want to ask you this. How do you think about the kind of environment that you want to make in your gym? So what goes through your mind? You know, you've said that you love training women, you love training all ages and abilities. What is it that you think about? What inspires you? What do you want women to feel when they're in your gym and then when they go home? Well, I think what attracted me to CrossFit style training in just the garage gym life um, was the fact that you didn't have to like look a certain way. There's no mirrors. Um, we've used one here and there for form stuff, but you know, you rarely do we match usually I have some kind of dorky socks on that I would not wear <laughs> out of the gym <laughs> and so it just doesn't like your appearance your hair your makeup your elf like where you shop what brand your clothes are like none of that matters in the gym and it really like it never has yeah it's just been you know you could be wearing your husband's old shirt cut off with like shorts from high school like we literally don't care and I I feel with the pressure on women to look a certain way all the time, it's just nice to have a place where you can go and, and get down and dirty and sweaty. And number one, there's not a bunch of people watching you because I know that people are self-conscious. But number two, there's no judgment woman to woman either. You know, and that's that's huge. That's, an, that's a safe space I wanted to create for women. And I feel like yeah. that has kept people that have left coming back because it's a, it's a supportive community where women do truly love each other and when we see each other walk in the door we literally think we haven't I haven't seen you let's catch up about your life it's mm -hmm. like literally not based on anything else but important we don't have to do all the the silly I don't know chit chat talk in the yeah. beginning it just can be so real so yeah. yeah so quick yeah I can definitely say that those relationships are deep and real and there was a time a couple years ago where somebody gifted us a lifetime membership for a few months mm -hmm. and so I had been working out in the cozy garage and then I added to that going to lifetime um, in addition to it and I can say it was such a different experience and I think you know part of it was we were overseas a long time and then I was just working out with you and so then going into lifetime fitness which nothing against that particular you know um, company or whatever, but it was such a different experience because I felt, well, one, there were mirrors everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there were like pictures of really perfect people on the walls. Mm, you know, yep. if there wasn't a mirror, there was a picture of a perfect person, mm. be beautiful, strong, able. Yeah. And then 
it was just really crowded and everybody in there, it felt to me like everybody in there was very beautiful and very strong and very young and very polished, you know, oh, yeah. and going then like I would join classes and like what the teacher saying to motivate us was so different from what you say to motivate us, you know, mm -hmm. it was all about um, the exterior and not about, you know, a sense of stewarding our bodies or mm -hmm. being strong for the sake of the Lord or for each other, serving our families, yeah. you know, just a very different motivation, which I really, really noticed. So I'm so thankful for the atmosphere yeah. that oh, you bring to the garage. And it's, and I really do feel that, um, sometimes I go back and forth with my, with people in my life that I'm talking about, you know, what, what is a gift God gave you? And I, I really feel my gift has been the gift of encouragement. Mm. And so it came through, like, first I started as a kindergarten teacher, which is encouraging in not so different of a way, actually. <laughs> fair. <laughs> like That's I, fair. You know, answer lots of questions. Or, yes. No, but I, then, then you, then I went into adults and like how much people just need to say, like, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And especially women, um, who, there's just so many realms of life where we feel like we could be better mm. and house decorating and what we wear and what we serve our children and how we cook and how we, everything that we need encouragement of like, Hey, you're here for an hour. You're doing good already. Like you came, you showed up, you put your shoes on, you came, mm. you, you may not like it fine, yeah. but you're doing, you're doing a good job. And, um, God has blessed me with a, a way to just even think about, people in a moment when they might need encouragement outside of the gym to just check in like how's it going with your nutrition this week or how sore are you and you know we have a couple pregnant ladies and like how are you adapting to like staying active and you know growing a human right yeah. and so I would love to give credit to myself like oh I just think I can think about all people at all times not true lost my sunglasses on the way over here I can't even keep track of myself but <laughs> I literally think God is like hey you're meant to speak a word into this person's life at this moment. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and do that right now. Mm -hmm. And so I get, when I get an hour of that with a bunch of awesome gals, it's just the, the bomb. It fuels me more than I think sometimes you, you guys get fueled by it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I can, yeah, you are an encourager and I love that you see that as a gift from God that you're not meant to keep to yourself, but you're meant to use with those who are in your sphere yeah. and in your life. That's so good. Yeah. It's awesome. I just feel fortunate that I have a place like I walk out into my garage and instead of my cars, there's like this sweet gym. Yeah. I get to kind of do the thing I love all the time nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's change topics just a little bit. I know that your journey in fitness and in your body and in, with body image has, has been one of highs and lows. You have a story that you have been really open with us um, about. So I'm wondering if you could... Just share that with the listeners. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, and I know this is a huge topic, but talk a little bit about your relationship in the past and now with your body, with nutrition, with fitness. What has that been like? You know, when I thought about this, this giant question, I, you always go back to like, what could the seed of all of this be at the, at the beginning? And um, being this far away from college and, and high school, I realized that where it all started was I was a basketball player and I loved it. I loved playing basketball. It's like, that's all I did for hours and for years, all seasons. And I got lucky enough to go to a junior college to play basketball. And so it was like, I got to continue this dream, this thing I had been, you know, shooting for, for a very long time. And my first year at, in junior college, I had a catastrophic injury and 
just blew out my left knee mm -hmm. beyond, like, cracked my femur, like, mm. just beyond the ligaments. It was, it was like, it should have been probably, like, a career-ending injury. And so I had that happen. And, you know, you're young, rehab, and I'm a huge proponent of getting, you know, I don't think anyone should exist in that space. But I came back a year later and did the same thing, not as bad, but to the right knee. I tore my ACL on my right side, too. And it was almost like, well, who am I now? Hmm. Like, I'm not a basketball player. Hmm. I'm not this competitive athlete. This whole thing that had really shaped my identity until that point was now just missing. And I think, and I really feel when I look back, that that is like where the seed happened for me to really get into body image. And of course it had, you know, body image stuff creeps up when you're a teenager, you go through puberty, you know, you know, boys start to be attracted to you, all that stuff, clothing. But I really feel like when I lost this stronghold or what I had placed in this super stronghold in my life was this identity in sport. Mm. When I physically wasn't able to do it, I had to find control in some other way. So then it was about like, so then I'm not playing sports. And so naturally when you're not, you're in college and you're not playing sports, I mean, they don't call it like the freshman 15 for nothing. Like right. I, my body was changed. It changed from not even I mean, being on crutches for a couple months and not being able to do anything. It was changing in a way that I was unprepared for. And so it was like the perfect, kind of the perfect storm for me to be really obsessed about what I look like and my body image and, and try to take control through bulimia and anorexia. And then that had been something that had, you know, been in my family before with other women. And I even think some of the men in my family and it, at this, it's like, I can look back with such clarity on, on why I was so susceptible to it and, and, and know that God had it there for a reason. And now I can talk about it and it be redeemed. But it was just such a hard time for me to not who not have anything grounded in who I was except for except for sport and I, I filled it with this new seeking for body image and this perfect body and you know it haunted me for a couple of years. Like mm. I, I left junior college and for maybe two or three years I struggled with bulimia and anorexia and binging and and they tell you, and, and now I know after training to speak with younger girls, it's never really about what your body looks like. It's more about the control. Mm. And, and I think that's why it all started at that point as I was looking for control in my life. And that felt, gave me like a false sense of control over what I could look like and how people could view me and how I could view myself. Literally, but the unfortunate part is you, you do not like yourself at that time, yeah. you know? So even though I thought... I'm doing this great thing to take control. You really are putting forth an image that is nothing like the battle going on inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so since then, like, I think if I can help any, any girl, any woman, man, anyone, avoid that by really knowing why God created our bodies and, and continuing a life of fitness from the start so that you're never at a point where you're like, I do not like my body, mm -hmm. whether that's too thin or whether you think you're too fat or whatever it is. I want to help people in that space because it's such a turmoil that it really just never leaves you. It still haunts me. It can still haunt me now with if I'm out of town or we're doing something and you, you don't have access to fitness or to just being active and you like we went to the South for a funeral recently and you know, we were so fortunate we got to be outside a lot, but sometimes just even 
you feel like you shouldn't be sitting as much and you, you, you're eating whatever people are giving you. And I used to very much struggle in that space. If this would have happened to me, you know, before my children, like seven or eight years ago, it might have brought up um, the demon so much so that I would be tempted to live that lifestyle again, even mm -hmm. for a brief moment. And I have the support of you guys knowing for accountability. And then my husband's always on watch because he's, he knows about it. And so he's always like, Hey, like, how are you feeling about these things right now? And mm. you know, you go into the bathroom a lot. Mm. Sometimes it's just me going to the bathroom a lot after having <laughs> two kids, but <laughs> it's just good to know that like, Hey, these people like love me and care for me. Mm. And they're never going to let that demon get a hold of me again. Mm. And God's really healed me and being able to talk to you about it and yeah. some, some other young girls and women, even in our church about, you know, like, God wants more for you than this perfect outside we think we have to have. Yeah. Yeah. So in my book, Cultural Counterfeits, in chapter four, um, the title of that chapter is Obsessed, Bodies, Beauty, and Ability. Why do you think it is that women and I'm you know I know men struggle with it too but yeah. I, I tend to write for women and speak for women and you tend to train women yeah so we can keep the conversation focused there but why do you think women and girls struggle with our bodies so much why are we why do we tend to you know have this pitfall of being consumed with appearance as well as ability strength productivity what mm. we can do what yeah. we can bring to the table why does that happen to us well I feel you know in we all have had those thoughts of when you're a teenager. Like we, we literally know that when you're a teenager and your brain starts to change and your body starts to change, you're like uncomfortable. Yeah. You're not like the self you knew before. You, you, you perform different, you, nothing fits the same, you now have you know, grown into having parts that you didn't have before that change. And so we know like mentally teenage girls struggle with that, even if there wasn't anything on TV or in the media. And now with the increase in social media, I mean, when I went through my um, experience with the eating disorder, like social media wasn't even a thing. Yeah. And so now like the constant image of what we what we should look like and even women cheering each other on and like, look, I've come back from having children. This is what I look like. It can all be so like another thing we need to do. Yeah. And I'm for. In the, some of the, the gals I know who started coming at the beginning, like they, they just didn't like it. They don't like coming to exercise, and I'm blessed enough that I know that me enjoying fitness has helped um, me not feel like it's another thing to do. But for like for postpartum moms or people who are pregnant, especially moms, are like a super passion I have. It can feel just like another thing you need to do to take care of yourself to be better. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like do better, be better. This is yeah. it too. You need to get your workout in. Yeah. And if you can't find a place where you go and um, you're refilled by either your girls around you or your ladies or it just feels like another thing to do. And like what mom has another thing to do, mm. you know, and so many sports I even learned lately and that with the younger girls, after talking to a physical therapist, my physical therapist, uh, that body image is a huge thing preventing girls from doing their sports to their best ability in high school mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're girls that are suffering injuries in sports because they're too concerned with their body image. So they're not mm -hmm. eating enough to support the kind of power output that they, they need, mm -hmm. or they're getting hit by someone else and they're getting injured. Cause they just, they're, they're more worried about their bodies and not their performance. And it's just rampant everywhere. Yeah. And 
it's because it's it's an idol in our lives for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. It's we want to look good, we want to feel good. It's part of our pride, and um, pride is like a big seed that causes all of us to to make certain decisions and fear, whether it's fear of man or you know we 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 want to do things that make us feel good and we get affirmed by and mm-hmm. kind of the social media world has only yeah made that exponential yeah i know i always i think how fortunate i am that i was not birthing and raising young babies when social media was around oh, worst. you know i i was one of the last people to adapt to facebook i for years i didn't have facebook at all and all my friends and family did and i just did not want to join the party and i'm grateful because I could go through pregnancy mm-hmm. and postpartum and figure out how to feed my kids and how to raise them as babies and toddlers without that pressure yeah, of what or, other people have to say. Exactly. And having to document every step along yeah. the way or like, these are my good days and yeah. even these are my bad days. And there's freedom. I mean, just not that long ago, like seven months ago, I'm like, I am just going to stop using Instagram. I was like, it's not like, I just need a break. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, you know, I've had two kids, 30, you know, 37 year old woman. I was like, whoa, yeah. this was changed. This changed my lens of how I viewed myself when I took the Instagram away, even if I was using it for things, you know, like training help and yeah. keeping in touch with people or whatever, the, the images I was consuming and the things I saw people doing with fitness was undermining what I was doing and it was stealing the joy from it that I didn't know till, till I had gotten rid of it. And when I took Instagram away, I was like, I am... I love what I'm doing and I don't have to share it with anyone and I don't need any validation and I still love it. Wow. And this is the right, this is right for me instead of comparing myself to someone else at all times. Yeah. So you've been off social media for seven months. Um, Instagram. Yeah. yeah, Instagram I got off, uh, you know, and when looking back in hindsight now was actually a gift. I've got the right timing because not that long after, I guess it's been like not 10 months. Um, I found out I needed hip surgery. Yeah. And I think if, I was on Instagram while I was unable to even walk. It would have felt like torture. And so, I, you know, I broke that habit by deleting it off my phone. I know you can always still find it, mm-hmm. but even my finger couldn't travel to the icon or whatever, you know, anymore. Yeah. Um, I was free of, I didn't have to think about fitness all the time while, you know, laying in bed, right. rehabbing a hip. That's right. never fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel like even though you were ingesting some good content on Instagram because you were following other trainers. Oh yeah. You were getting workouts and tips and some education, but that goodness was outweighed by the tendency to compare. Totally. And the comparison was stealing your joy. Yeah. Yeah. The comparison was just, it was making me think I was never doing enough, which is, I feel relates right back to what you said about, um, why women feel this pressure. It's like, it's just every little aspect is never enough. You could be, you could be so good at so many different things, but what we don't realize about social media is we're getting the best of the best of people's lives. So, like, you're a great writer, um, and then I can flip to someone else who's a great gardener and grows the best things, and mm-hmm. then I can flip to my other friend who decorates well, and I'm getting the best of all of those people. That's their niche. That's what they're good at. But instead of just realizing that's their specific thing, like art or whatever it is, we try to do all things like that perfectly well. Yeah. And we're just not made to be that way. Yeah. That's so true. When we're on social media, we see everybody's highlights. 
and we compare ourselves yeah. and we're not going to have all those highlights. No. <laughs> we're just not going to be good at everything. No. And, and it's to the point now when you, I stop, if I'm like, even if it's on TikTok or now I've been looking at uh, Instagram some, I stop at the things that aren't perfect where you see like, I love like a, like Instagram will do like a Mrs. Real with like a lifter who instead of just putting their one max lift that they got that looked beautiful, uh-huh. it's actually a reel of like two minutes of their fails hmm. over the last year like look how many times this person failed like that's the reality mm. look how many times we got it bad before we got it good yeah and I, now it's like those eye-catching things where you see like the realness of people not their not their perfections that kind of draw me back into yeah helping other people and yeah. learning through it yeah that's good yeah so I know that the women that you train in the gym are everything from teenagers through 60s. You know, I, I love to tell people that I am literally chasing women in their 60s who are faster and stronger than yeah, me. Yeah, isn't that annoying? That's it's so annoying. It's so inspiring <laughs> and so maddening. Um, not all of them. Some of them are chasing me. I just want to be really clear, okay? Well, totally. I'm not going to take that away from you. That's true. People are like, what was Jen Oshman's time? I want a beer. That's right. And I could See? be like, well, Jen did this much yesterday. And That's so, true. Oh, dang. It does spur us on. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, there is that great diversity in the gym of both ages and abilities mm-hmm. and passions and desires. And I love that. Um, but speak to either the teen who doesn't feel good in her body or the postpartum woman who wants to get back to whatever, or the middle-aged woman like myself who is not what she once was, um, or the woman in her 60s who feels like I, she might be losing some strength and momentum. You know, yeah. wh- whatever decade we're in, we're all walking through a situation where we feel like we're not enough or we're not as much, we're not in the shape or the appearance that we should be. Mm-hmm. What do you say? What do you say to women who are struggling with that? With they they want to be doing better. They want to look different. They want to be stronger, and they're not they're not there yet. What's the kind of encouragement? Speak to speak to her over the microphone. You know, I think even though that those realms are very different, you know, from teen all the way to their sixties, um, I think you have to get to know. Some people are vulnerable in a space where they're they're willing to accept them telling you what's wrong and then you can meet them there and there's other people that just come into the gym every day and you know but they don't ever voice it and so I think with returning to that God's gift of encouragement I would say I'm able to meet that woman right where she's at whether she needs like some hard love and check-ins about what she's eating or what she's doing if she really wants to make a life change or it, for the you know for the teen or some the postpartum mom who has uncontrollable changes like things are going to happen to you that you can't control and i i think the biggest thing is what what do you feel inside when you're doing this like when we do fitness together or we do this workout together what are you feeling apart from what you think it's going to make you look like on the outside mm, and yeah that heart moment and, and you decide it's because you, you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it, you know, because you need to be able to lift your babies up off the floor or carry in the groceries or, you know, I have some older ladies who are taking care of husbands who just aren't nearly as well as them. And you're going to be taking care of someone who's going to like to pass away before you. That's a hard burden to be the one fixing and lifting and doing all the things. And 
what about using your body in this moment is important outside of what you look like in your swimsuit. Yeah. I think that's so huge. I mean, that, that honestly, Molly is what keeps me coming back several times a week for several years now. I don't think I've ever worked out this consistently, you know, Uh, but just found such a great community with a great paradigm. And the paradigm is so different than most places where I have worked out before. Um, you know, I feel like, and even my own flesh, you know, my, my own flesh, the tendency is to be briefly motivated by appearance, you know, like, Oh, I want to look better. So I'm going to eat better and lift heavier. Yeah. And we could be real. And that's, that's a, that's a thing humans feel, right? It's like, exactly. I want to feel strong and look strong. Yeah. Like I want to perform well, but I also want people to, to say, wow, she's looks strong. Right. You know? Sure. Sure. We want compliments or affirmation. Yeah, you want to see your efforts yeah. on the outside. Yeah. But so often those motives fall short. You know, they <sighs> run out. They do. They really run out. They like, do. especially for me, I'm somebody who craves sugar. You know, that can definitely be a downfall for me, even a, a stronghold for me where I go. Um, if I'm having a bad day or want extra energy, I'll run back into the arms of sugar, <laughs> which does not love me. Um <laughs> But those motives I find fall short, you know, and I love, because you love Christ and you belong to him and you know what's true, I love that the paradigm in the gym, in the garage, is let's steward these bodies well. Like God gave us this one body and this one lifetime. How can we take care of it so that we can serve him? and serve others. As you said, lift our babies, mm-hmm. lift our husbands mm-hmm. so that we can be, be healthy and minister in our communities, right? Where God has us. That, I, f- I find that that, that soul deep lifelong motive goes so much further yeah. than the superficial motive of, well, I just want to look good. I want people to think I look good. Yeah. Then hot girl summer. Hot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like that's going to be coming gone. Summer will be gone. And like what we still need to be these people that can help others around us. Yes. Yeah. And you know, God is, I, as a, as someone who's involved in it, who does fitness, like at a, you know, it's a huge passion of mine. I get together with girls and we, I have to bring my box and my barrel to my friend's house because that's what we like to do together. It is so easy for even me, who I know this is a God's gift for me to help steward people, to fall off the other side and make it about me and about what I look like and my ability all the time. It's just, it's a very, very hard thing to keep in tension. It's all, it almost sometimes feels impossible yeah. to keep the two in the right place. Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, I say that too, even like for myself as a writer, my bad motives and good motives are going to intermingle and sometimes I don't know where they start. Oh, it's hard to tease them out, which is which. It really is. So just really practically speaking, what do you do when you know you've crossed that line? When you realize, okay, I am now motivated by outward appearance or these more superficial things. I've crossed that line briefly and you identify it. What do you say to yourself or how do you check yourself? How do you come back? You know, like it's unfortunate, but I, I can't even speak to a specific thing that I do because I really feel that God does it for me. Mm. And like, it's been in the form of a pain or an injury. And most recently, like a hip, a hip injury from, it was just like, we didn't know why it happened. It was just, I was on like non-weight bearing for eight weeks. If you're into fitness at all, you know that a week or two you can get away with but after like three weeks 
it not you're going to lose anything you did yeah. or regain anything you lost if in in that 8 weeks and I feel like God humbles me repeatedly in a way that I do not like right by saying listen like you have this amazing body I gave you and I'm going to help and you're going to use it to help other people but it's not always going to be about you yeah and like even in the moments where I'm like on top of the world and things are going great and I feel great it's not what I wanted it to be. I'm always still longing for something more. Mm. I, 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 I do a good job till I don't do a good job, and then God reminds me of what the most important. And then I'm able to... It's, it's, the irony of it is once it falls back into its proper place, I'm actually able to enjoy it again more. Mm. So it, like you choose something so much that you kind of lose your joy for it. And then God's like, hey, remember, this isn't about you. This is about this gift I gave you and all the other people. And then I sit in that, whether that's in my injury or, or speaking with friends or just finally like totally melting down. And, and, and oh, one thing I will say is a uh, verse that I'm always reminded of is that we're to run a race to endure. And I know God might not have meant the physical race, but since I'm a fitness person, he always reminds me that I'm running this race to endure the long haul, mm. not for this like fleeting satisfaction of what I look like or what I can do or anything like that. And um, I really feel blessed that God put something in my life to humble me every time so that I can enjoy the gift that he gives me instead of you know, tasting the success I think I want. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something there and I know it's something we've talked about before too, is, is the irony of it. The irony is that when you lose yourself in it, when you're no longer self-focused, when you begin to lift your eyes up and focus them on the Lord and focus on other people mm -hmm. and serving others, then you have more joy. <laughs> I know. It's We're just, it's it a just, funny, it's a funny way that the Lord has made us that it, we, it is. And then you're like, Oh wait, I do. My eyes on other people actually makes me love yeah. everything about fitness more when right. I'm helping other people. And I always think briefly and when like something's going on in my family and I'm feeling overwhelmed or I need to cancel class or even when I was on my crutches for a month, you know, everyone's like, you should just take the whole month off. And I was like, okay. But after two weeks of it just being about me, I was like, please someone rescue me from this. Yeah. I need the women back in my gym. Yeah. I need to be focused on someone else and be pouring into someone else in this realm for me to get the whole other half of enjoyment for myself. Yeah. yeah. It's just a crazy irony of our faith. The it more is. we focus on others, the more we experience and joy. And why can't we hold on to it? That's right. the, like, why can't I remember that every time? You're just like shocked by it every time. And it's like a nice reminder. Right. Something's not nice. <laughs> our flesh creeps in. Yeah. And that has been one of the great joys I feel like of us doing fitness and faith together just the privilege that it's been of, you know, we go to church together, we're in Bible study together. Um, sometimes women come from the cozy garage to yes. Bible study and they get exposed to God's mm -hmm. word. Uh, it's just been a joy for me to, to intermingle those two spheres of life and not somehow keep them separate, but to realize we are embodied souls. We are body and soul and we are one. Yeah. And, and we, we joke about when we're, when we're on and everything is going well, we're reading our Bibles well. We're doing our Bible study. We're also eating well. We're exercising. All of the realms fall into peace together. Yeah. And when something falls off track, um, then I'm like, all of a sudden, not reading my Bible as yeah. much. Yeah. Not 
attending church as much or whatever it may be, they all... They do affect each other. They all affect each other. That's it's so like true. God keeps us all in line in, in that one kind of avenue. And yeah, it's all unified. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one last question before we wrap things up. You are raising a girl and you are raising a boy, one of each. And you guys are definitely a fit family. You have a husband who's a firefighter. You're a fitness trainer. What do you want your kids to know and believe about their bodies, um, about their faith? You know, what is, what is the sort of one thing you hope your kids hold on to as they grow up in your family? You know, I, I was raised with um, some grand, some grandparents, and, you know, this is, this is not an offense against them, but who always were like, you're so beautiful, you're so that, you're so that, and, oh, you're so pretty, your hair, and, and it was very much a, like an external appearance, and so for them so long, I went way away from that. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to compliment my, only my daughter's external appearance. I want to talk about how hard she works and how smart she is. Um, and then one day it was like, I was reading something and it, it was relating to how you steward a young daughter and, and in her appearance. And it was talking about the importance of a, the father, a father, um, giving his daughter validation and, and telling her how beautiful she is. And so I see both sides of that now. I see that there's an importance that I can say, hey, you, you're so, like, look at this body God gave you and made you. It's amazing. And I can, I can compliment an external appearance and then also know that, hey, God calls us to be beautiful, not in just how we look, yeah. but in, like, how we treat other people. We just had a conversation last night with my 7- and 5-year-old about, you know, God calls us to love all people regardless of how they look or their differences in their beliefs and there's going to be times when we meet people who look different and act different than us and we're we're called to love them just like Jesus would mm. which means despite what we think is best and despite what our values of out external appearance are and I think if I when we when I talk with my husband, if the the thing we can get into, you know, it feels like your daughter's brain feels super important at this point. She's my oldest. She's in gymnastics. Yeah. But if hey, if we can get into your mind that God gave you this body as a tool to use to for things that we love to do, but that this isn't all that you are. Yeah, that's that, good. Yeah, that you have a, a soul and a spirit and a love for other things outside of how you use your body. It. It can create a well-roundedness, hopefully, that I kind of lost sight of. Yeah. You know, and that your identity hopefully doesn't get totally wrapped up in something. And then when it lo it goes away in one second, at an 11 p.m. basketball game in the middle of the night, mm. you're not like, hey, who am I? Who am I now? Mm -hmm. And you don't search for it in these, these wrong places. Yeah, that's so good. I love, you know, your answer there was whether you meant to or not, you, you centered it on God. You know, you said multiple times, God gave you that body. God gave you that personality. God yes. gave you those passions and that desires. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so key because you, you've centered our creator and our savior over and above our own abilities or our mm -hmm. own desires, or our own will. Mm -hmm. And when we can just rest in his sovereignty and his goodness, I think that gives our kids so much stability and joy. Um, and the same goes for us, right? We're yeah. grown women. But when we can rest in who God is... It seems so easy to remind other people of that. <laughs> so true. We just remind ourselves. <laughs> so true. Well, thanks, Molly, for taking time to chat with me about our bodies, outward beauty, outward ability, these counterfeits of our age, but also mm -hmm. just the goodness of who God is and how he made us and how we can steward 
these resource, the resource of our bodies for um, his good and to love others. I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Continued conversation. That's sure. right. And we're actually going to go straight to the garage from here. Perfect. We're yeah, stopping we this. And we're going to go train. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> we got to go. That's right. Well, thank you for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now.